God is good, and he's got good things for us here tonight. I'm glad you come. Praise the Lord. You know, um, you know I, I'm encouraged as I look out and I see you all, as I see the people. You know, even as I pulled in the parking lot tonight and I, I just, you know, see the cars here. I'm just encouraged by what we have. You know, I'm so thankful for what God has given us. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And you think, well, well I'm not yours. I don't belong to you. We well, you kind of do, and you just don't know it. Praise the Lord! But we, 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 we do take ownership over the people that we pastor. We, we take ownership over it, and we love it. Amen. And we're so thankful uh, to God that He would bring us uh, uh, y'all. Praise the Lord! That He would bring uh, these people here for this time. And you know, I'm just so I, it just moves me so much. And you know, this morning we got to have a, com- a conversation with one of the people in our church, a faithful member of our Mayville Church. And as we had this conversation, <coughs> you know, it just, it just stirred me more. And after we got off the phone, I, 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 I turned to my wife and I said, that's why we do this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why we do this right there. It's those connections. It's the connections that God makes in the local church. They're precious. And you can't get them anywhere else. You can't buy them at Walmart. You get a lot of things at Walmart, but you can't buy that connection. Amen. Uh, you can't get them at, uh, at Amazon. You get a lot of Am- things on Amazon, you get them delivered to your door, don't you know? Two days or less sometimes, amen? Praise God, hallelujah. But you can't get connections delivered. Only through the local church do you get the right connections. And, you know, this week I got to mentor with uh, uh, Pastor Michael, my pastor's pastor, and, and what a blessing that was to me. And, and it increased me, it challenged me, it expanded me, all those things. You know, and that's exactly what the local church is supposed to do and the connections that we make. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for them. In fact, I told them I got to spend time with another minister this week and, and a couple other ministers this week. Went down to Pittsburgh to, to, to meet with another minister and just, you know, as we did this, and I just come back, and I was like, I told Pastor Michael, I'm like, I'm so thankful for, for the things that you've put in us, and the things that you've taught us, and the things that you, that you help us with, because it, it's a blessing to us, amen? And so we need to know that our, our, the local church, I'm not doing a family church promo ad here, you know, but we do, do need to know that there's an importance in the things that we get. We don't always, we don't always see it maybe day to day, and sometimes we think, well, did I get anything out of it at all? But you know, just this morning when I was having that conversation, I'm going to tell you, I realized the effectiveness of the words that I preach. Because I saw them come out of a person who was speaking to me, speaking faith around me in a situation where they may have not even thought that they had faith. And it was beautiful. Glory to God. It was, it was wonderful to watch it. And I just, you know, I just, I just want to encourage you, you know, even if you don't think that something's happening today, just be assured that it is. And how can you say, how, how can I be assured that it is? Well, the Bible tells us so. You know, that God wouldn't leave us nor forsake us, and he gave us this stuff to do, amen? He gave us this stuff to, to have and these things, these places to connect. This is all God-ordained, don't you know? I certainly wouldn't have done it on my own. I'd have never bought this building on my own. I'd have never come to Cory, Pennsylvania on my own. I might have driven through it, but I probably wouldn't have stayed. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have started a church. I wouldn't have been, I, shoot, I wouldn't even be a pastor, to tell you the truth. I might not even go to church on my own, to tell you the truth. Amen? But God has connected us, and he's created something precious for us. And, and if you can have enough, uh, uh, enough uh, sense to believe him, praise the Lord, you'll have enough sense to receive, or enough ability to receive. Amen? And with that, we'll get into tonight, tonight's message, which is called, What Do You Believe? 
Amen and amen. You know, I in Mayville, if you haven't, uh, if you don't watch, ever watch those services, you probably should at some point get on to our, our uh, if you watch it via live stream, if you even want to come down, sometimes we have some Corey people show up and it's a blessing, but uh, you can always go on and watch archives and stuff like that. We, you know, we make it available, but I've been preaching on simple faith in Mayville. It's such an important, uh, su such an important subject for us to understand, but you know, uh, and, and, and I don't necessarily, I preach a different message in every church uh, that you know both services that I'm at if I preach in a different church I would preach probably a different message there as well uh, unless the Holy Spirit led me otherwise but uh, you know I, I just realized that the, the, there were some things in those messages it's good for this group too amen and and what I mean is specifically that the Lord wanted me to get into these things and so I believe that that's where this message come from it's going to be different than what they've got because it's a whole new message I'm, I'm starting in the same scripture but we're going some somewhere else with it, but praise the Lord, we're going to get what we got, get to get out of it, amen. Uh, tonight's message is called, What Do You Believe? They got it up there, they typed it in, they did a good job, hallelujah, and uh, we're going to start over there in Mark 11, and we're going to go to verse 22, Mark 11, 22. Now this is a scripture that I am very fond of, this happens to be in my, my if I had a list my top 50 scriptures, this would definitely be in there. Amen. This is a real simple scripture. It's really uh, to the point, but there's so much in it, folks. There's so much good that we can get out of it. Uh, I, I've been milking it for everything it's worth in Mayville, and I'm going to milk it a little bit more tonight. And I believe that we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna make something out of that milk. Amen. Praise the Lord. And Jesus answered them, uh, answered saying to them, have faith in God. This is such an important statement. It's something that can be often overlooked. It's something we don't always necessarily, uh, you know, you, you know, we, we, we might just see this and read on to the next, cause, next thing because we want the context. We want to uh, know what God is talking about, why he tells us to have faith in God. But I love the simplicity of this scripture that Jesus said. Now, of course, in context, what was happening here is, they, you know, they were walking, they were going about, and Jesus had cursed a fig tree. And uh, a few days later, they came by that same fig tree, and that fig tree they had seen was, was withered up from the roots. And upon, you know, the disciples seeing this, they asked Jesus, I think it was Peter, asked Jesus, and Master, the tree, the fig tree that you cursed, it's withered up from the roots. And Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Now, it's really interesting because, you know, you, you know, when you just see those words, have faith in God, and you see how he answered, uh, answered the disciples, you see, does that really make sense in context? But you see, if you understand why Jesus said it, then you'd understand that it makes whole, uh, a whole lot of sense. You know, Jesus, his, 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 he is the express image of God, the Bible tells us, that he walked and talked and did the will of the Father. The things that Jesus did, he was showing us God's will. Now, you might say it was God's will to kill trees. No, it wasn't his will. But there was greater spiritual principles that were at work here. And this is what we often see with Jesus' ministry. You know, we see the parables, we see the things happen, and, and a lot of times we can just kind of read by them, or we could say, okay, another story. But we don't understand that a lot of times when Jesus is doing something, he is, he is making a, a, a reference to something of the Old Testament or something in their traditions, a Jewish tree. He was answering things, and he was doing things for specific reasons. Jesus didn't just go to a 
tree and say, well, dry it from the roots, and it would just happen to be some fig tree. But there was a purpose behind it. And there's actually a lot of study that we could go into, but that's not what we're talking about tonight, so we're not going into that. But I assure you there's, a, there's some depth to it. Amen? In fact, there is some... There's some, and I believe this is true, that there's some reference there as he's doing this to, to Israel not producing fruit. And it's kind of uh, metaphorical in that sense. And, and, and that's an interesting thing, an interesting study. Maybe we'll get into some other time. But for today's purposes, we are focusing on the idea of having faith in God. Why would Jesus say this? See, the thing is, is we know that you know, I've heard this, you know, these, these sets of scriptures preached all different kinds of ways, up, down, left, right, backwards, forwards, all over the place. People preach them, and I'm not saying that people are wrong in saying them, because I think that there's a lot of truth to it. Don't you know that there is more than one thing you can get out of any given scripture? Amen. That you can look at a scripture, you can take this out of it. You know, you, maybe you can preach a message on faith, but in a lot of scriptures that you preach on faith, you can teach on healing. And some of those you can even teach uh, on prosperity. And some of those you can even teach on, uh, on following God and, and, and submitting and yielding to God. And so you can see that scriptures can go back and forth. But this concept of having faith in God is, is kind of a universal thing. It, it can flow in many areas. And it's an exciting, uh, it's an exciting prospect because when Jesus said, says have faith in God what he's telling you is this have faith in God because you can have faith in God yeah. I said he's saying have faith in God because you can have faith in God now the word faith if we break that word down and we truly get into what faith means faith literally means it's 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 trust it's assurance it's that you know when you put something when you when you have faith in something you know that it's going to be gold amen you know that it's going to come through just the way that it is. You know, most people take for granted something like church. You know, if you don't get a slick text during the day, you all showed up here because you didn't get one. Now, if we had sent you a slick text, you were pretty sure that we, wouldn't, that we weren't going to be here, that you would be pretty sure that we were going to be here. Now, whether you show up or not is still on your own accord, but you know that you can have assurance that we're going to be here. Conversely, I don't, well, I'm not sure which one I actually just said, but we'll say the other way. If we send a message that says we're not going to be here, you probably aren't going to make the track. You're probably not going to drive down because you have assurance that we're not going to be here. In fact, if you happen to drive by, you say, well, they're not going to be there, so we can go out for ice cream instead. And so you drive to ice cream and you happen to drive by the church and you see a bunch of cars in the parking lot and church is going on, you'd be quite surprised, wouldn't you? Why? Because you have faith in the words that were spoken. And the same thing is with God. We can live in faith and should live in faith. In fact, we shouldn't just, it's not just something that we can have, but faith is something that we're, we are required to have. God is not okay with us not having faith. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 tells us without faith, it's impossible. I said it's impossible. That means not possible. When something is impossible, it is not possible to please God. And so if, if it's not possible to please God without faith, we probably ha better have a good understanding of what faith is. Because who doesn't, who doesn't want to please God? I want to please God. I think you want to please God. If you didn't want to please God, you wouldn't have showed up tonight. 
or ever. Amen? But just because you showed up, even if you, even if you, even if you showed up, I mean, we don't have any first-time visitors, but even if you were a first-time visitor, there, there's an idea that, you, that there's something in you you want to connect with God. And that's, that's faith that's pleasing to God. And so the same thing is with God. When Jesus says, have faith in God, he's telling you, you can have this. And if you can have this, then, you can, then, then whatever is given to you, if it's something you can have, because he says it, he doesn't say it from the standpoint of, oh, go out and find it. He doesn't say go discover it. He just says have it. That's important to us. Jesus said have faith. Take it. Just have it. It's not something you have to labor for. Now, the Bible does tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, you know, and that's an important thing to understand. Uh, you, you know, and we, we do need to understand that faith will increase uh, as we hear the word, and that's an important reason to hear the word. But, uh, but there is, uh, there's a level of faith that we can have just by, just by saying that we'll have it, by, just by believing it, just by grabbing onto it. You know, uh, sometimes faith is that easy. Sometimes it's that simple. Do you just take it? True faith is having things on your heart, but having no idea how they could even be possible. And yet you have full assurance that God will work it all out. I said, true faith is having things on your heart, no idea how they could even be possible, and yet having full assurance that God will bring it to pass, or God will make it work out. You know, Jesus didn't do things haphazardly. I know I say that a lot, but I'm going to say it again, because we need to get that in our minds. Jesus didn't just curse a random fig tree. There was purpose in what he did. But see, Jesus knew what he was to do. He followed the Holy Spirit. Uh, to a T, and because he followed the Holy Spirit, he knew which tree to curse, he knew what to say to it, he knew to curse it, all of these things. Jesus didn't, you notice the, the, the disciples said, look at the fig tree you cursed, and he responds by saying, have faith in God. So even Jesus was taking the, he was taking the, 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 the sights off of him, and he projected them on the Father. He says, it's not about me, this thing. He said, it's about God. Have faith in God. And this is what we're supposed to live by. What do we believe? When we go about life, how do we live? Are we living in this faith of God? Or are we living by our own understanding and our own ways? Praise the Lord. Um, it may sound like a basic thing, but I'm just going to present to you that I would say a majority of Christians don't live in the fullness of faith of God. And the reason is, is because their faith wobbles all the time. It wavers all the time. It's up and down. It's back and forth. It just, they never really, you know, settle on certain things. You know, one of the things that helps me as a pastor is having faith in God. I couldn't do it without faith in God. See, a lot of people think that they could do this. Oh, I could do that. Or maybe you could talk in front of people. But you can't carry the weight of all the other things that have to be done without faith. See, you can't, like, you know, it's, it's unique. It's kind of interesting to be a pastor because one of the things that happens is you get in situations all the time where you have nothing to do but trust God. Yeah. I will often say this, the day that we signed the papers for this building, the day we signed the papers, it was a Saturday, yeah. I signed the papers to buy this building. Yeah. And that Saturday, not one person from Corey showed up. Yeah. Not one person from Corey showed up and, and even most of, my, uh, most of our people that come from Mayville to help out didn't show up. 
It was, it was pretty much just our family, maybe with one or two other people. And so it was a pretty, uh, a, a pretty uh, that was a pretty weighty service for me. You know, come in, I just signed, a, I just signed, a, I just signed papers for a $200,000 building. I don't know about you, but I don't have $200,000 in the bank. Sign my name on it, glory to God. Not that the building's in my name, it's in Family Church Mayville's name, but that church is also, the, a lot of the things are in my name. In fact, uh, when we first got credit cards for Mayville, when we were doing all this, establishing credit and stuff like that, it was all based on my credit. It had to be, because Mayville didn't have any, and you can't just say, hey, I'm starting a new church, want to give me money? Because nobody wants to do that. <laughs> you know, there's some, I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know why they don't trust us. Did they hear from God? You know, I, I, I mean, all the, but this is just the truth. It didn't happen. And so we had to have some things established, and we did. And praise the Lord, and, it, and it's been a blessing. Glory to God. But we've, you know, we signed the papers, and then we're here, and it's like, okay, now what do I do with this? Can't back out now, you know? And then I remember the way we did it, we, we purchased the building from the people that we were buying it from over three years. Now, what I mean by that is we, we owe money to someone else for the building, but we got it in increments from somebody else over three years to keep the payment low at first. And so we, the hope was is that we were buying this building in faith and that we were going to purchase this building and we'd start off with a low payment, but surely because we were getting a building, it wouldn't take long and that building would be full. It would be taking care of itself within three years. It surely should be doing that. And I remember the third year when I got the last, I think, $70,000 down, the last $70,000 payment, when I got the last check for 70000 and it almost doubled the, the cost of the mortgage. And uh, I think we had less people than the first service. And so you have to have faith in God. You know, when you do something, you're going to have to learn to trust God. And we're going we're gonna to get into some things that I'm excited to get, get to. So I don't want to camp out on the scripture all day. But we do need to know we need to have faith in God. Turn with me to Proverbs 3. Um, these would also be in my, my, my top 50 list. Praise the Lord. And I reserve the right to expand that 50 <laughs> at any given point. And so if I, I actually get to the point where I have a top 100, if I have to go to 100, I'll go to 100. But, you know, it's good to like scripture. Yeah. Amen. Amen? I think it's good to have favorites. Yeah. You know why? Because God does. God's got favorites. Yeah. I'm his favorite. I don't know about you, but I know I am. Amen. You can know you are too, but I know that I am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love what he says. I love what he speaks to me. Amen. And he speaks to us through the word. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And this is just continuing to build on, uh, on, on the, the, the message and build on the things we're talking about here. But it says, trust in the Lord with some of what you have. Trust in the Lord with your mindset on days where things are going good. Trust in the Lord when the economy is doing really well. Trust in the Lord when, you're, when, when, when everything is just lined up perfectly. You woke up happy and, and the day is good. You got a full belly because you just had a good meal and it's a nice sunshiny day. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Glory to God. Not just with part of you. 
The reason I say these things, you say, well, that's different than the rest of the stuff. Well, the thing is, is that to trust in the Lord with all your heart, it means that he has all your heart all the time. So regardless of what's going on, you're trusting in God. Regardless of what's happening, you're having faith in God. Do you know trusting in the Lord is another way of saying have faith in God? Praise God. When you're dealing with situations, the words you should hear in your head are have faith in God. Or as we read it here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. See, there's a lot of people that their own understanding is their crutch. How do I know? You listen to what they say. Listen to where, watch what they do. Look where they go. Whenever you have an issue, whenever something arises, do you know, you know, this is the thing, and I've talked to, I've told many people in our churches this many times. You know, because they'll start talking about, you know, I come to church and, 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 you know, I got hooked up and things were going good. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to feel pressure and things are coming against me and it, and it seems like we're under attack and that happens. But guess what? Guess what, where else that happens? When you don't come to church. When you sit at home and you don't do anything. When you don't have a local church or a pastor or you don't read the word, the attack still happens. It's just a different attack and it's not easier. It's actually harder. But because you're having the attack at the moment in your mind, it's harder. But see, this is what we need to know. We need to lean not on our own understanding, on his. Where people's faith often fails them is because when something happens, they start looking at the impossibility of the situation that's presented itself. And when you look at the, the impossibility of the situation that's presented itself, you're leaning on your own understanding. See, God looks at all things and he says, it's no problem. There's no trial that God looks at and says, nah, I don't know, that might be a little bit big for us. You know, he's like, I got, I got, do you understand that God didn't create angels because he needed help? He created angels to keep himself enter, entertained. You know, the Bible says that, 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 that to be kind to strangers... However, in doing so, that you, some people have entertained angels unaware. Well, that, that evidently means that angels like entertain, entertainment too. Well, maybe not. Maybe that's taking a little bit of liberty with that scripture. But uh, God didn't create everything just because, because he couldn't do it. You know, God spoke everything into existence. He said it. That's how it happened. He opened his mouth, let some words out. Nothing even knew what the words were. There was nothing there to know what the words were. But God let the words out and something happened. Yes. Amen. Yes. God created all things by his mouth, just by speaking. Yes. Except for humans, except for man. As he reached down into the dirt and he made them with their hands. Patty cake, patty cake. God's new man. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. He put us together as fast as he can. <laughs> he rolled it and rolled it and then took a rib out and made, made Eve too. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get into rhyming, but you understand, God, uh, he, he created things just by speaking them to existence, and, and he, he, but he knew that he could do that. God didn't need angels to do things, but he created angels, and he created angels in part because he wanted to create us, and he wanted to create us in his own image, and he created us in his likeness, and he, he endowed us with all these things, and so too often we don't think of these things, and we, we, when we're in trial, we definitely don't think of these things. When, we, when we're thinking about the impossibility of, you know, paying uh, the phone bill this month, let's just pick a bill, pick a bill, I don't care what it is. Any bill, pick one, you pick one out. Pick one out that you've had uh, a hard time paying before. Just pick some situation where, where it was just a little bit, like you, you didn't know how you were going to do it. Maybe you didn't know how you were going to get groceries. I've been there. I've been at a place where I didn't know how I was going to get groceries that week. I said, I've been there. I know. I've been there. I understand what it's like. 
But you think that God who created everything, do you think that he is having a hard time with groceries? Do you think, I mean, he created groceries. Do you think he's having a hard time trying to find them? I love the examples that we're given through Jesus. You know, they, uh, I think, again, I think it was Peter. I just, in my mind, Peter did everything with Jesus. But Peter uh, said to Jesus, he said, Master, we got to pay taxes. What did Jesus say? Go fishing. The first fish you get, open its mouth, reach in there, and you'll get a coin. Jesus didn't lack for nothing. You know, so many people say, well, Jesus was poor. Well, listen, Jesus didn't lack for anything. I call that not poor. Right. I'm not saying he walked around with a million dollars. I don't know what he walked around with. I don't care. But I know this, when, when he needed to feed 5,000 people, or actually more like 10,000 or 12,000 people probably, uh, when he needed to feed a whole bunch of people, what did he do? He just multiplied the food. And even if you want to stick to the 5,000, that's still a lot of people to feed with nothing. Amen? But he was able to do it. So, you know, you, you know this, this is the Jesus that we serve. This is the Jesus that served God. Amen? That followed the Lord. And see, when you trust in your own understanding, you're leaning on the fact, well, I can't pay the bill. But see, then you should remind yourself, have faith in God. Oh yeah, trust God. Lean not on your understanding. In other words, lean on his understanding. Amen? When you lean on God's understanding, then, then the answer's there. And then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Amen. Another word for acknowledge is to be aware. So you could say it this way, in all your ways, be aware of him. That's a good way to live. That's how you have faith. You know how you have faith in God? You be aware of him. Yeah. Do you know what, you know, when the Bible says, I think it's Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Do you know what that means? It means be aware of the word. Yeah. That's what it said when, when you say, when the Bible says faith doesn't come by, come by hearing, right? right? It doesn't come by heard, it comes by hearing is what I want to say. It doesn't come by hearing it once, it comes by hearing it. It's very important that the Bible uses that word and that we see that. It's not just heard, it's here. And if we hear, what we're doing is we're keeping ourselves aware of the truth. When we keep ourselves aware of the truth, the door opens for the truth to come in and change us. That keeps us in, in our hearts on, on the Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus is pointing to. And that's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are too. In all your ways acknowledge him and he, everybody say he, that means not you. He will make your path straight. See, you're trying to plow your path. Glory to God. And he's the one that will do it. But he says acknowledge him. Be aware of him. Keep him in the midst. He, God wants to be in the forefront of our lives. That's why I endeavor everything that I do and want to do it is unto the Lord. You know, the Bible says that, I think. It does. Amen. It tells us to do all things as unto the Lord. That, that, that takes the stress off of doing lots. I don't want to do anything for them. Good, don't do anything for them. Do it for God. Amen. See, people say, I don't, I don't want to forgive them. Yeah, you don't want to forgive them. That's fine. Forgive them because God said so. Do it for God. Do it as unto the Lord. Because he said so. See, this is the thing. It, it takes a lot of pressure off of us. I don't even like them. They don't deserve my forgiveness. It doesn't matter. Do it as unto the Lord. To project it onto him. Be aware of him. You know, the Bible really is drawing us to be constantly aware of God. That's what this whole thing is about, being aware of God. Walk, talk, the Holy Spirit being on the inside of us. You know why he put the Holy Spirit, his spirit on the inside of us? So that we would constantly be aware of him. He said, I want, to, I want you, listen, you're human and you're going to have faults and you're going to have trials and there's going to be things that will come against you and you're going to get distracted and all this stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my spirit, put it on the inside of you, 
to remind you of me. To remind you of that connection. Have faith in God. Praise the Lord. See, God has set us up so well. He set us up so good and he's done so for a reason. Trusting God or having faith is not insisting on perfect circumstances. It's having a place of refuge when the circumstances are less than perfect. It's not insisting that things are going to be right. See, a lot of people think, well, I didn't have enough faith. That's why everything went wrong. No, it has nothing to do with that. You live in a fallen world, a broken world, a world that wants to, that's vying for your, 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 your attention, that wants to draw you away from God. And so it's always bringing up things to draw you away from God. But Jesus says to have faith in God. You could say it this way, have focus on God. When you have trust on God, your focus is on him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I think about, I always think, I use these examples often. I remember one time I was in a pool, and I, uh, Marky was just a little, little, little tyke. You know, he could walk around, and he could talk, he could understand me. I can't remember how old he was, maybe, maybe four or something like that, three or four. But I'm in the pool, and I wanted Mark to come in the pool. It was a nice, hot summer day. I was, in the, I was in a deeper part of the pool. You know, I wasn't treading water, but I could stand up still. But I was still, it was deeper than he, than he was tall. And I remember Marky standing on the edge of the pool, and I was like, I, I was trying to coerce him to come in. And, and, and don't you know, I didn't want to hurt him. My goal was not to drown him. Drown him. I didn't want Marky to drown that day. I wanted him to enjoy the water. I wanted him to enjoy something that he, that he wasn't used to, something that he didn't know about. He, in fact, uh, Mark loves to swim. We go places, he'll swim places I won't swim. But where does that come from? It comes from somebody had to instill in him this, that this isn't a fearful thing, that this is a joyful thing. And so what I did was I, I stood there at the edge of the pool and, and he trusts me and he trusted me. And I said, Marky, come to me, jump to me. And, and that's another aspect of it because, you know, just sliding into the pool is one thing, but jumping into the pool is a whole other thing. We all know that's fun. Now, Marky, again, we went to this place. It was up in Ithaca. It's Buttermilk Falls, and you walk up these waterfalls, and, and it's waterfall after waterfall after waterfall. And as they come down, there's big pools, and those pools are very deep. You can't, a lot of them you can't even touch the bottom in. Uh, they're just that deep. And, and Mark would go up 20, 30 feet in the air and jump off like a fool into these pools. Right? And he, and he would go in, and that was fun. But see, when he was that little boy, he wasn't willing to do that. Because he, he, because, he didn't, uh, because he didn't understand the fun that it was. Now you can't keep him from doing it. Amen? Yeah. And sometimes I had to tell him, like, Bub, you got to chill out a little bit, man. I know you're excited, and I know you want to do this. But I stood in that pool, and I said, Mark, you jumped to me. Come on, jump to me. And, you, you know, and he hes was hesitating. It was the first time. But you know, after, after he realized that he, he knew he could trust me, but after, after I coerced him so many times, and finally he, he, he let loose and he jumped into the pool. And then, of course, after that, you couldn't keep him out of a pool. You know, and that's kind of the thing uh, when, 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 it, when it comes to God. You know, God is calling to us. He's saying, come to, be aware of me. And that's, that's what I was doing. You know, he was there on the edge and he was scared and he was thinking of all kinds of things. And I kept telling, no, Mark, Mark, just jump. Just don't think about it. Just jump. I was trying to keep my voice louder in his life. I was trying to keep him uh, aware of me. Because once he, when I knew if he was aware of me, and he trusted me that he would, he would break loose and go into the thing that I was trying to get him to do. 
And the same thing is with God. A lot of times God is trying to get us to jump because he knows that it's something that he, that he, that he created us for. Do you realize that, that, that God has plans for your life and in those plans there's things that he made specifically for you to get into? Do you know there's things that you can do in this life that no one else can do quite like you can do because God set them aside for you? See, this is all about having faith in God and trusting God. And when we do that, when we put it all in with God, you know what happens? We start experiencing the life that God intended us to experience. We start not focusing on the distraction of the devil. I can't do this, and this is why I can't, and this is why we won't, and this is why it'll never happen. To focusing on God, just saying, jump to me. Come to me. Be aware of me. And that's really what trust in God is. It's saying being aware of God at all times. You know, I endeavor to be, I don't want to live a life where I'm not aware of God all the time. And I'm not aware of God all the time. But I've learned that there's things in my life that when they start, when they start vying for that attention, when they start fighting for God's attention, I've learned that I need to start letting them go. Because although maybe I enjoyed them, I won't enjoy them as much as I will of God. And this is an important thing for us, folks. We need to get to this place of true faith in God. Do you understand that true faith is about having a certain expectation? I said true faith is about having a certain expectation. You know, when you go through life with true faith, there's an expectation. One of the things I've learned about God is that there's, he's given us his word, and his word tells us all kinds of wonderful and grand things that we can do and we can accomplish and things that God wants to do through us and, and these things that he will do to us and around us and all this stuff, and it's all great. But it tells us that because it builds expectation. Do you know that if you have expectations, there are things that God will answer that, that, that maybe are, are just kind of in the realm of just almost crazy. Do you realize that? And see, a lot of people, they, they, they think, well, well, I don't know, Pastor Jeff. I don't know what you're talking about with all this. And I, and I, just, I just draw your attention to this time where, where Jesus uh, decided to walk across water to get to his disciples. He knew where a boat was. It wasn't like, oh, this is, I just have no boat. It wasn't about that. You know what was crazy? There was a certain disciple named Peter who's sitting in the boat and seeing Jesus out there got a little bit crazy. He got a little bit nuts with his expectation. And he said, if it's you, call me out to you. Jesus said, come. That's crazy. But you know what Peter did? He stepped out of the boat. Why did he step out of the boat? Because he had expectation that if that was truly Jesus and he said, Go. see, the reason he said, call me to you, you know, Peter didn't just jump out of the boat. He said, call me to you. Because he knew that if God called him to, see, his awareness of God was that, that if he knew if God was calling him to him, that he could do that thing. He could step out of that boat. Now, when he got out of the boat, we know the story that the waves were boisterous, the, the waves were big, and they were, they were distracting him. But what did they do? They took his eyes off Jesus. But the Bible tells us to keep aware of him. Keep our awareness on him, to keep our trust in him. See, if Peter kept his eyes on Jesus and never let his trust faint for a second, he would have never started sinking. But even though, even though Peter started sinking, Jesus met him where he was. He didn't let him drown. 
And see, this is what having faith in God is. Is knowing he didn't let Peter drown. He ain't going to let me drown. If you can say that, if you can believe, there's a whole lot you're going to get into. So true faith is about having a certain expectation. What about when bad things happen? Have a certain expectation. But the expectation can't be the thing that's going to just, go, oh, it's going to kill us, it's going to be it, it's going to be over. Do you know sometimes things persist for a while. Have you ever had a problem persist? Amen? Have you ever had a problem persist? I've had lots of problems persist. I worked in a factory for how long? 13 and a half years. I guess somebody knew about it. And I had persistent problems. Persistent problems when I worked in that place. There was always something that was persisting against me. And I thought, well, this never end. See, I didn't have much faith. But it did end. And now I look back on it and it makes good stories for, for church. But 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, are we going to bring it up? I don't know if we can. There, there it is. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, I don't know if you understand this about me or not, but I'm a little bit of a context junkie. I like context. We read a lot of scriptures, one-off scriptures. You know, we read a scripture, we find one, we isolate it, we look at it, and we, and we keep that in the midst of our heart because it's easier to remember one scripture. But what I like to do is I like to go back and read the other scriptures around it. I like to put things in context. I like to understand because I really want to get the meat out of the scripture. And so when I'm looking at this, I, I, this scripture came to my heart for this message. This scripture of uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. But see, there's a problem with this scripture that, that I can't let, let rest. And that's the word that it begins with, for. Now when you see the word for, it means that something comes before it. Because it's a continuation of a thought. In fact, when you read uh, scriptures and you see therefore, or for, or as, then you understand that there's more to it than just that scripture. And so you got to go back and read. And so what I do is I have the same process every time I always go back a few scriptures. But I went back a few scriptures when I read this, and guess what I saw? Therefore. And so I know that there's more. And so I went back a few more scriptures. And, and, and I get back to a few more scriptures, and I, and I see another therefore or for or as or something. And I'm like, man, will this ever end? And so I, I go all the way back, and I am going somewhere with this, believe it or not. So I get all the way back to the beginning of chapter 5. Because surely, if you start at the chapter, but then my mind thinks the way my mind thinks. Ah, the Bible wasn't written in chapter in verse. But at the beginning of chapter 5, let's go ahead and turn there, 2 Corinthians 5. Might as well get there because we're going to go there anyways. <clears throat> Amen. 2 Corinthians 5. What is 2 Corinthians 5.1? What does that chapter start off with? Go starts off with 4. So now I'm like, all right, I got to get back into chapter 4. And so I start working my way back through chapter 4. Don't you know? There's a lot of them in chapter 4 too. So this, th these thoughts are continuing. This is a lot of thought here, Paul. And so I get all the way back. Where I find my stopping place is all the way back in chapter 3 and verse 17. 
Now, just so you know, in my, my Bible, what I did was I drew a little arrow before chapter, or verse 17 in chapter 3, and a little arrow after, for we walk by faith and not by sight, and I highlighted them both blue. And so when I look down, I can see it's blue, and for some reason, I think that that's going to remind me that this whole thing, when I'm reading it, i got to read the whole thing. That's for me, not for you, but it just does help me. So I was like, all right, I, I, I can read a whole chapter during a church service, but what about going through, like, you know, crossing over three chapters. Not, we're not doing them all, but like all of them, but we are going to cross over. But we're going to read a bunch here, okay? And we're going to start in verse 17 of chapter 3. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This is important. This is very important for us to understand. There's a certain freedom that comes from the liberty of the Spirit that the Spirit gives. Amen? There's a certain liberty, a certain freedom that enters our lives through living a spiritual life. And don't you know that the following verses, all the way up until we get to chapter 5, verse 7, all the way up into there, it's going to be talking about that. And so we're going to look at this and it's going to help us. Amen? But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as, the, uh, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. And so we look at this here and we see this with, uh, you know, uh, 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 with unveiled face, and of course it's making a reference to, uh, you know, like when Moses had to veil his face to, because the glory of the, God, uh, the glory of the Lord shone on his face, and then it was getting to all the people and it was scaring them because it was this bright and brilliant thing and this wonderful thing and it was too wonderful for them. But see, the Bible says here, and I, and I have this highlighted in my Bible, it says, are being transformed. We are being transformed into something. And that's important for us to know. Yeah. What we're being transformed is into the same image of the glory of God. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to tell you, just so you know, you're not going to get there while you're on earth. No. There's a, this, this is a process. But what, what this is teaching us is that there is a process, and, there, and, and we'll see it in, in context, how it keeps things on the earth as well. When we get born again, we enter into this life of faith. This life of faith is doing something in us. You might think, well, how does this necessarily, how is all this, this transformation and stuff, how does this have anything to do with, 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 with living in faith and having faith in God? It's because what we have to understand is our destination is not where we're at. And if we can understand that our destination is not where we're at, then God is taking us somewhere. And if God is taking us somewhere, then we're going to go, if we go. But we have to decide we're going to go. And, of course, the Bible talks a lot about that. But this is that transformation process. But where does the transformation start? See, a lot of people are waiting to a certain time, sometime out in history, or sometime out in the future, for this transformation to start. But the truth of the matter is, the transformation starts when you are born again. And what God is going to walk you through for the rest of your days. I said the things he's going to walk you through for the rest of your days is taking you to that point out in the future that you can't see yet. That that place of full salvation, that place in his presence, that place where the, the glory is manifested in full manifestation, where there's no lack, there's no tears, there's no, you know, there's no struggle, there's no strife, that's where God is taking you out there in the future. Right. 
The process is getting us there. And so if we live by faith in God, the thing that we can know is that regardless of what happens in our life today, he's taking me somewhere towards his glory. And I might not even be able to see what that is, but I know enough by reading the scripture that it's a good place. Amen? And it's a place that I desire. And so why don't we just go ahead and go into the glory. Amen? <clears throat> Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, that's interesting. I just wrote this down above mine, and you can do it. You don't have to do it. What's the ministry of? Well, the ministry he was just talking about. It's a ministry of transformation. This is the ministry. Since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. Because you have faith in God. See, true faith in God is projecting our faith in an era, somewhere else. It's having expectation in things that we can't get to. We can't do it. You can't make the glory of God manifest. But what you can do is go along with him as he takes you to it. And there's going to be stops. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be things along the way. But you, we have to rest assured and not lose heart because what's coming is better than what is. Because we're going from one, one image of glory to another image of glory, right? But we have renounced the, the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by, manifest, by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience. And so, uh, you, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we, we have to be uh, aware of people's conscience and how we walk. Just because we can do things doesn't mean that we should. And, and, and there's a lot to that. We don't twist the word of God to make it say something that we just wanted to say. We don't make the word of God something that we can just use for our own purposes. But we allow the word of God to transform us because that's what he wants to do through it. You remember Romans 12, 2? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Glory to God. What is that transformation? This is that transformation. This is, this is the practicality of Romans 12, 2 being played out. That's what this is. This is a brief, like a brief synopsis of your life. This is what God is going to do. Amen? And so, <clears throat> praise the Lord. And even, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Do you know that unbelieving isn't just somebody who uh, is, is not saved, but it's somebody who's not in faith. <clears throat> that the, the devil can blind their, mind, their eyes to the truth of God because they just won't believe. That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. Don't have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in your, your religion. Don't have faith in the things that you thought. Have faith in God. Amen. He's blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so this is what's interesting about this. These are all building, they're building the story up. It's, it, it's making it, okay, it's, now it's talking about the glory and the image of God and we're being transformed and we're being brought to this place and we have to understand that, that glory is, it, it's a, when God, when Jesus, when they saw him in his glory, he was shining and radiant and he didn't look like he'd looked before. He was better than what he was before and that's what God is doing. In fact, we know, if you read the Bible, you'll understand that, I think in First or Second Thessalonians, 
Thessalonians, it talks about we won't be, we won't all die, but we all will be transformed. And we, the Bible talks about us putting on a new body, an incorruptible body, a body that can't be corrupted, that won't die, that won't see, uh, that won't see destruction the way our bodies do now. We're being transformed into that image, but the process starts at salvation and as you walk with God. And that's what we're doing here. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Um, <clears throat> For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Praise God. God is trying to reveal this into the hearts of his, of his followers, believers, the people who have faith in him. God is trying to show this in us. He's trying to get us to see this. But so often we're distracted by what's going on. And we're going to see that here. I've got to get moving because otherwise I'll never get there. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so Paul's pointing back to the fact that, that you're in an earthen vessel. It's going to be weak. There's, you're going to grow old. There's going to be things sometimes that come up against you, and you're not going to be able to do it. Sometimes it's going to be the opposition is going to be your mind and the way that you think. But you've got to understand that God is still doing it, even though it's an earthen vessel. We have this. We have this. We have this treasure. It's already there. You've received it already. The treasure, the, the glory of God is already in you being, waiting to be come into full manifestation. When we understand that, then Christians can stop looking at life the way that they've always looked at it and start looking at life as just a process of time. Do you realize this life is nothing more than a train station? We're waiting to get to our destination. It might be beautiful, there might be great things, but what God has for us, rest assured, nobody stays at the station. They want to go to the destination. And that's what God is trying to take us to. This life is not simply about just living this life and then someday we live that. This life is about starting the life that he's already paid for. Starting the life that he's already given us. Now we're not going to see it all here. You're not going to be able to zoom around the planets and, and walk through walls. Praise God. But we will be able to there. Amen. Amen. But you're not going to do that here probably. Now there were some people that were translated and things like that. And that's a whole other story. But for, for God who said the light is shown out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. That's why our bodies are weak. That's why God hasn't brought us into... Do you, the thing God is bringing us to is wonderful. But he doesn't just want to put that on us because then it would be like, oh, it's me, I'm the powerful one. I'm the one who can do this. I'm the one who overcame. No, we need to understand that the power, the glory that God is doing for us, that he wants to put on us, is wonderful. It is bigger than us, but that's just it. It's more than what we are. And he wants to put it on us because the glory needs to go to him, not us. Right. Amen. And this is why sometimes you struggle. Amen. <clears throat> we are afflicted in every way. Now we're getting into the walking it out. Has anyone seen affliction? We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. That's important. We're afflicted, but not crushed. 
The devil can't crush us. We are perplexed, but not despairing. Amen. You might say, well, but, well Pastor, I'm, I'm despairing. That's because you're not having faith in God. It doesn't mean there won't be opposition, and it doesn't mean it won't feel bad. It will. But you, you, you should have enough understanding to know. All Christians should have enough understanding to know that it can't take you out. It can't stop you. Praise the Lord. See, a lot of Christians live their lives like it's just some kind of, it's some kind of crapshoot, you know. You just roll the dice and maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen. Maybe, maybe, things, maybe good things will happen, maybe bad things will happen. That's not what the Bible teaches. But that's how Christians live. And Christians live because they're not, they don't take enough time to get full of the knowledge of God. <clears throat> Amen. Um, persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. Oh, this is important. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. So that. that that's a big so that. Amen. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested where? In our body. In our body. The life of Jesus, the life that he lives, is meant to be manifested in our body. Glory to God. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Has anyone felt like they're constantly being delivered over to death? By God, doesn't it seem like some days it's just like, I'll kill me. Just do it already. Let's just get this thing done. Let me go on and be with Jesus. This is, this is just terrible. Constantly being delivered over to death. We know what it's like. But see, here's the thing. What makes it a little bit more palatable is understanding, again, here we got, and I got this one highlighted, so that, and in case you didn't believe me about the body, you said, well, that's, that's, our, that's our, our spiritual body we get someday. But he repeats it because he knew that you were going to think that. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You know that word mortal flesh? Mortal literally means the flesh that dies. You only have one time where flesh dies, and that's why you're here on earth. This flesh will die. You can't stop it. It will die. Praise the Lord. But the life of Jesus is to be manifested in the mortal flesh. Glory to God. So death works on us, but life in you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. That's a pretty important thing. You know, I've been talking a lot about, about speaking out faith. What is faith? Simply saying, God, I trust you. I believe, and therefore I speak. The Bible tells us to do it. We speak what we believe. That's why people who are going around, God, I'm constantly broken. I'm constantly defeated. It's always terrible. See, you're, you're speaking what you believe. It's a sign to you of where your faith is. And if, you're, and if you, uh, if you sit, stick around us just a little bit, what you're going to start seeing is that when you speak those things, you're going to start saying, wait a minute, that, 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 doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like the life of Christ. That doesn't sound like life, uh, the glory of God being manifested in me. Always dying, always being brought to the place of, of the end, always being brought to the place where we're losing. Always, always, always is not faith. 
And that's always bringing us to a place we don't want to be. See, our voice, the things that we're giving voice to, is an indicator of where our faith is at. And see, our faith is in all... What if you just got crazy and, and, and believed and trusted God for something crazy? Just like, I mean, something you think would never happen. You know how many things God has done in my life that would never happen? All of them. Starting from this, this, this beautiful young lady right here. Never happened. It would never happen, this relationship that we have. I would never have that. I had one poor relationship to the next, and I just hoped that the next one might be a little less bad than the one before. That's where I was at. But here I have a wonderful wife, a wonderful life. We're blessed. We live in a house we never thought we'd live in. It's a life of Jesus. Hallelujah. See, Jesus, when he walked around, he didn't walk around in lack, and that's why it's dangerous when people teach that. Because when they say, well, Jesus, he was just poor, he, was just, he just walked around. Like the, You're twisting scripture to make it say what it doesn't say. Look at the abundance of other scripture. Jesus always had supply. There was women that followed Jesus that fed his ministry. They just gave him money to the ministry so they could do the things that they did. That you listen to that they had to eat when they went places. I know this when I travel for ministry, I have to eat somewhere. And guess what? It isn't free. Even when it's cheap, it ain't free. And you'd eat meal after meal after meal. Two thousand years ago it was no different. You know, yeah, they would get fig trees and stuff like that. But they certainly, when they were in cities and stuff like that, they had to well, praise God, hallelujah. I believe, therefore I spoke, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us, uh, present us with you. So he's, gonna, uh, so he's bringing us together, amen? For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the thanks, giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. See, the grace should be active and so evident in our lives. That people, as they are touched by our lives and the things that we do, they give thanks to God. They're like, I didn't know that life could be so good. Yeah. A simple Christian thing. Being good to people. Yeah. Buying somebody's groceries at Walmart. Or <laughs> buying something for somebody. Doing something that was unexpected. Yeah. Stepping out because you can. Yeah. Yeah. See, a lot of people won't step out and say, I never could. You're speaking where your faith is. Have faith in God. Step out into something that's uncomfortable. I dare you. I dare you to go, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Maybe I don't even know what it is. Well, I'll, I'll let you show me something. I want to do something I've never done before. Do you know what that tells God? It tells God you're in faith. It tells God you trust him. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll show you things that you never know. Oh, praise God. i got to get to the end, and the time is up. But i got to get there. Amen? Therefore, we do not lose heart. I ain't going to lose heart. You ain't going to lose heart. We see this again. It said it before, and now it says it again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Being renewed, being encouraged, being built. Faith, faith, faith. Faith produces in the natural. As you have faith, it was faith that caused Jesus to walk on water. It was faith that caused, cast the demons out. It was faith that rebuked the storm. It was faith that caused, uh, told Lazarus to come out from the dead. It was faith that opened blind eyes. It was faith that caused Jairus' daughter to raise up again. It was faith, it was faith, it was faith, it was faith. And that same faith that God had, that Jesus walked around with, he told you to have. He didn't just say you can have it. He said have it. Take part in it. And the taking part in it is your choice. 
But you've got to be stirred up. You've got to see something a little bit differently. You've got to be willing to step out. I, I, you know what? I, I wrote this at the top of my Bible, and I, I put an exclamation mark after it, which means I was excited when I wrote it. And when I read it again, when I read it, when I'm a little less excited, when I'm depressed a little bit, and I see this at the top of my Bible, I'll get re-excited because I see that I was excited before, and if I was excited before, I need to get excited again. I wrote, expect God's power in your life. Expect God's power in your life. Expect God's power in your life. Hallelujah. Truth faith is about expectation. What do you expect God's going to do? I believe that God is working in my life. I expect that he's going to turn things around. I expect that though it may be bad right now, it's not going to be bad forever. I expect that though I may be weak today, I won't be weak forever. I expect that I maybe I can't go through today, but tomorrow I will. I have expectation on God. Because of who he is, not because of who I am. I take my eyes off of who I am, and I trust him because he is. That's why he said, I am the I am. That's why I am all that you need. I am all that they need. I am all that the world needs. Jesus didn't even need to do it himself. He just needed to know his God. He didn't give himself credit for drying up the fig tree. He said, have faith in God. Amen. Praise the Lord. For momentary, momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. So what's happening today, the, little, the, the light affliction, that's what Paul calls it. He says, wait, it's heavy. Do you realize Paul saying this, being beaten and stoned? To, to, like, they threw him out of the city Dead. They thought he was dead. That's how far he was stoned. He calls it light affliction. Why? Because he knows what the glory is all about. See, what you need to know when you're having troubles and it doesn't feel like light affliction, you, you need to, a reminder of what the glory is all about. Go back and look what the glory did. Praise the Lord. Glory was the thing that overthrew uh, Pharaoh. That split the Red Sea. That was glory. Yeah. It was glory that Moses came down out of the, out of the mountain and, and, and that the people couldn't even look at him. That was the glory of God. The glory of, the God, of God was in the Ark of the Covenant that went before in every city that they went into, every enemy that they came up against fell. It was the glory of God, praise the Lord, that caused the walls of Jericho to fall. It's the glory of God that's been placed on the inside of us. Because though it was veiled before in the temple, Jesus opened the path for it to be unleashed in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said the glory of God is being unleashed in us. But you don't see a church like that, do you? When you look around and you see the Christian church, you don't see that church. I'm telling you, folks, it's coming back. Amen. It's coming back. And it's coming back because it has to. Because I, for one, ain't going to go without it. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, we'll, we'll, we'll have some quiet Saturday nights for a little while. But sooner or later, this thing is going to break loose. Sooner or later, there's going to be people. Sooner or later, there's going to be healings again. You know why? Because Jesus said so. The Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us that when he comes back, He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish. 
He's coming back to a church that reflects Him. The glory of God. It's the glory of God that, that, that causes all these things to come to pass. It's the glory of God that is waiting to change your life. But you just got to see it. You just got to see it. And then once you start seeing it, you got to embrace it. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, there's a lot more good stuff to read there. And we're going to get down to verse, uh, all the way down to chapter 5, verse 7. And that's what it all means. And you should go back and read those scriptures I intended to originally. But you should go back and read those scriptures. I'm not just skipping them, but we're out of time. But uh, verse 7, 4. Well, let's read verse 6 too. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing. you got to know something. And knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by our trust in the Lord. What causes you to press through to the next day? God. Your trust in God. Have faith in God. When we learn, and we have learned. We don't even need to learn now. We've, we have learned. We've heard it here tonight. Just start moving towards faith in God. I start, I start so many days off and get through so many days with these simple words. Father, I trust you. Say them. Start speaking them. You believed, therefore you speak. And, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you're like, well, I just don't believe that. I can't say it. That's fine. But you're not going to have it either. It's not going to change. It's as simple as it is. Amen?